Hey up. Hello. King Cod's in the house. How we doing, boys? You well? You good? Very good. Mr. Hall's in the house. Buzzing. He's always buzzing. What, what, what did you get up to before one of these sessions? Always buzzing. I've actually got a tattoo on my arm that says always buzzing. Oh, I like it. Who's that, boy? Hey, who's yeah. that? Who's Hang that? On. Who's that voice? <laughs> what was that? I recognise that voice. Hey, boys and back. back. <laughs> <laughs> what a great entrance. A legend. Hello, boys. I am back. <laughs> <laughs> and this time around, I got the full set. Even Dave is brave enough to be here this time. They've let me back in. They've let me into the foursome. I'm now part of that collective. I love it. <laughs> we have a full house then. So this is great. So, Phil, you were away last time. How was your holiday? Two weeks in the Lake District. So uh, Northern England, you know, if you... If you if you if you get the weather, it's very good, and we had the weather for about fifty percent of it, so that was nice. Just just powering, just literally not doing much at all, not even looking at emails, nothing. Just doing gift shops, as uh, as some of you might have seen my grumpy gift shop face uh, when my little daughter's going around picking up all sorts of plastic things that you know cost at least seven eight quid for about forty five minutes every time. Tat shopping. I used to call that. I used to call that tat shopping for tat. Yep. Oh, it is. It is, and it's really weird because kids are always tuned into like the environment and their role in the environment. But you put them in a gift shop, and it all goes out the bloody window. It's just, yeah, just, just like <laughs> I want some plastic, and I want it now. <laughs> I need. I need that pink flamingo. No, we you need don't. landfill. <laughs> yes, more landfill, please. <laughs> so yeah, well, it's great to have you back, Phil. I've got to tell you, I I missed you, man. Oh, really you. missed you. you. Honestly, I'm not just saying that, you know, in front of the, front of the other guys. What yeah. I say behind your back is completely while we're recording, but to our yeah. listener as well. <laughs> I really missed you. It's great to have us back. What's even better though, we've we've got Bowl back, and this time with the with the. King Peddler, King Cod as well. This is a proper Quattro advert, this, isn't it? All four of us. This is this is a full house. This awesome would be a great, foursome. Awesome foursome. It's like the Fab Four. It's been Fab four. Though, it? Good to see you again, Bo. Thanks for coming back. Last time you were on the show, you absolutely blew our minds, you know, with some stuff. We couldn't fit that into one episode. There was just so much about the system, about what we've created and how we kind of be manipulated by the system that we created in the first place. Actually, oh, it was just, I've, I've listened to that episode a few times and loads of feedback on it. So thanks. For that. Yeah. I think last time I was here, I literally just, you know, just finished the book and I just come back having lived with a shaman in Lapland. So maybe yeah. this time around, I'm a little bit more grounded. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely fine by me. Cause um, it was just, it was a mind blowing episode. It was just, it was, it was crazy. Lapland shaman. Again, it's one of those things, you know, we said this before when we're off air. When I hear a word, I always think of songs when you say shaman. Now I'm thinking he's a good, he's a good, Ebenezer good. Is it just me? I thought it was going to be some sort of, something about Lapland then, being a that sort of, jingle anyway. bells, jingle bells, <laughs> yeah. jingle bell rock. Yeah, exactly. There exactly. you go. Lapland, there's, there's a brand in that. Exactly. And I'm our favourite. There's got to yes. be a brand in that. Do you slap your bottom saying it? Often. No, often. Often. <laughs> <laughs> he does that anyway. Which one do you slap your bottom? Is it Asda it's, it's, or Asda? No, that's Asda. That's Asda. That's Asda, yeah. 
Is it Asden? So, so what do uh, you do with Iceland? Uh, I don't think there is one for Iceland. <laughs> oh, my mum's gone to Iceland, which I always got confused about. Like, it's a long mom's way to go to the shopping, yeah, isn't it? Mum's gone to Iceland. It is a long way. If any supermarkets out there would like to sponsor <laughs> the Talking Cod podcast, we're open to offers. <laughs> Free delivery is a good starting point. Especially for this episode, it's all about sort of big popsicles, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. It is so, uh, so balls in the house, ball steam hammer. I wanna be steam a steam hammer. hammer. Um, good to have you back. What's been going on, Bo? What's 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 been what's been floating your boat? What's on your mind? What's been coming up for you? Well, it's been it's been quite a, it's been quite an exciting year, right? So what's coming up? I don't know. I think it's I have an incredible uh, book launch, and without any marketing or without any sort of besides me sort of celebrating myself on LinkedIn. I had some really great feedback. I had about sort of two handfuls of people that I didn't know outside of sort of my magic 150 people who really gave me really sort of a very emotional, very, you know, amazing feedback. And over the last couple of weeks and months, I've been talking to people on the back of the book and generally, you know, sort of impromptu coaching or also, you know, with beer in hand, the boaching. And this concept came up again and again. And I think there's something within this concept that I would like to discuss because it's got a kernel within it, which is really magical. But I'm also very nervous to talk about it because for very obvious reasons, it's slightly outdated and sort of slightly genitalia heavy. Mm, Okay. Okay. (laughs) If that ain't intriguing enough for anybody that's listening, it, it, I, I don't. I really do not know what is. <laughs> Curious. Who's going to break the ice? I'm not. <laughs> so we're talking about big dick energy. Basically. What did you say? Can you say big louder? <laughs> we're talking. <laughs> Look at us. Honestly, it's 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 primary school, isn't it? And it's a very serious subject, this. Um, but yes, I mean, I think that part of the problem is, is, is the name Big Dick Energy. It's kind of, actually, it's, as we'll talk about, it's on point. And there's so much in there that, to discuss and to like, validate and what have you. But I suppose, I think that is one of the, the challenges. Yeah, actually, it's a reasonably serious, well, it is a serious subject, incredibly serious su- subject, but it's, got, it's, it's become attached to this sort of meme-like name that makes it difficult actually to talk about it seriously, you know, and I, I think that is the thing. Before we go on, I think, Bo, I think you're, you're the man to actually give us a description of what, what Big Dick Energy is for once and for all. <laughs> so I've got, I've, got a, I've got a description here. <clears throat> so Big Dick Energy, also abbreviated to BDE, is a quite confidence and ease with oneself that comes from knowing you have an enormous Richard <laughs> and you know what to do with it. It's not cockiness. It's not a power trip. It's the opposite. A healthy, satisfied, low-key way of feeling yourself. And I think that this concept only came, was coined, it was added to the Oxford Dictionary in 2018. It was um, a lady came up with it. She tweeted it um, on the back of Anthony Bourdain's suicide, saying that he was a gentleman who just had authentic 
BDE. And it, what a shame that he's not with us anymore. And then he was picked up by Ariana Grande a little bit later in the year, who retweeted it. And from that point, it entered sort of popular culture. And there's been a lot of stuff written about it, because during that same year, toxic masculinity was sort of bubbling up. And this term was, was supposed to be a sort of counterbalance to toxic masculinity that um, a lot of us men suffer from and society is suffering from and has been suffering from. You know, the stuff I put in the book about, you know, patriarchy and we're not, you know, thriving within it. And this was supposed to be something about the emotion of men or masculinity that's never been looked at. And it's this sort of, uh, we need self-confident men in society, not sort of yapping dog dogs trying to be king of the castle, but more people who quietly, you know, feel comfortable in their own skin and have a swagger. And I think that's still very magical. I don't think it's exclusive to humans with penises. I do think that it's a general swagger, you know, um, when, and there, it's, it's not definitely not attributed to men at all. I was like, when I was discussing with my friends before this, um, for me, for example, Jacinda, the prime minister of New Zealand has it like full on. And I do think that we as a society need to look at this trait and filter for it but we need to repackage it especially and what i found really fascinating was that this term was only coined in 2018 and we're only four years on but it's so out of date like covid the ukrainian war we brexited we de-trumped and now we've come out of the covid bubble and we're also now sort of agenda fluid right so attaching anything to body parts ain't wise but there is something within it especially we're four boys sitting here that i think we should explore totally agree and it's kind of you know i reflect back on like work environments from years ago not 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 recent history but years ago like i i used to work for a company selling car radios what a glamorous thing that was but, you know, a very blokey environment, you know, so a very, very masculine environment where it was all right to, you know, lead through banging the table and, and banging heads together m metaphorically, you know, and that sort of behavior being the biggest, the baddest in the room in front of staff. In, this is not necessarily me, but, you know, generally that environment was incredibly, well, a toxic a, a, a toxic masculine environment and, and and actually i never really felt comfortable in those kind of situations whenever i've been in a kind of leadership managerial role what, what, what have you i've always don't know if whether it's a bde thing at all but i've always tried to be like the antithesis of that environment that kind of uh, was probably one of my first ever jobs it always felt like not the way to do things not just pure, pure from an inclusive kind of thing, but just, you know, we're all humans. We want to get the best, you know, I, I've, I've always found that I get the best out of people when I'm in those sorts of positions where I can be a bit more vulnerable and say 
I can lead, but sometimes I don't have all the answers, you know, and I, I don't mind saying that and find it and work, you know, from a personal perspective, I think if there's a spectrum, I, I don't know if I'm, I, I, I certainly, this is the difficult thing because I can't fit myself into either of that. There's something else there, isn't it? And that's what we're talking about. Totally. Something about our roles in society and work that perhaps hasn't necessarily been defined properly. I think, Phil, that's where, you know, within the word big dick energy, the word big actually points back to toxic masculinity because size matters and that's all toxic old boy stuff. And so there is something innately broken with that term. So I think we should maybe disregard it and sort of find our own version of it. What would you describe it as? If you had to, you know, if you could take BDE away from it, that three-letter acronym, what would you come up with? Me? Put you on the spot there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if I had to come up with a, with a, I was discussing this, right? Because there was, I was troubled by the term, but I was, you know, infused by its sort of underlying currency. And <laughs> the one thing that came up was, was big v energy and when i was talking to one of my my sort of sounding board my muses about this before coming on board she really she immediately ripped me apart it's like what big v energy we have to put a big vagina in there that doesn't work <laughs> and i said no it's not the big v for vagina it's big v for vulnerable and then she says well why don't you say the word vulnerable and i said because i can't spell it <laughs> <laughs> I really can't. It's like a maze of of hiding vowels. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, and I think it's this sort of what Brene Brown. I think the, the the TED talk is called "Strength and Vulnerability" or "Vulnerability and Strength." Yeah, power and of this, vulnerability. Yeah, and it's this yeah. sort of yin and yang within. There is strength within that that we as a society haven't been celebrating for thousands of years, and. Uh, to Phil's point, like you can lead without knowing the way. And I think that's something that is quite powerful. Just got another, another point on this or question, I suppose. We're using this almost in a leadership perspective, like in, a, in an organization or in a, a dynamic which needs a figurehead or almost a leader. But it kind of occurs to me that not everybody is in that environment. You know, many of us are just in like in a community environment or, you know, a friendship environment or a sporting environment where it isn't, you know, where there's actually more equity than a leadership, for example. So does that work in other scenarios, in other dynamics? I think these big macro systems that I talk about, these patriarchy systems like Google and Amazon. I mean, you've just seen in the news what Google is telling their employees about, you know, what they need to do so they don't get fired ultimately it's 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 line management from fear because they're not innately said they're not saying i don't know what i'm doing going back to the idea uh, the, the concept not concept to just jacinda during covid and what new zealand did with covid it was brilliant but she kind of said i don't know but i think this is this is this gives us a good chance and i think Get that's behind. brilliant yes and yeah. that's brilliant yeah. and i think these big organizations are so they're like big dinosaurs like it, like it's like trying to change an oil tanker right they they just it's too but if that's the macrosphere if we go back into the microsphere where it's consultancy mid-sized companies smaller companies it's football coaches it's people who innately have this swagger even amongst the the lads in the pub 
And if you happen to have this swagger, just make sure you, you lead from the big V or as well with, and maybe let's not call it big either, but it's this, and maybe vulnerable is also just a big blanket word for just uh, feel your way rather than sort of bulldoze your way. But I've been talking a lot now, Dave. What do you think? Yeah, Dave's been quiet, hasn't he? <laughs> yes. Has your Wi-Fi no, dropped still out? Here, has, boys. It, has it dropped I'm, up in, I'm still in Northern Lancashire? I'm listening with huge interest because I totally get everything that you're saying. And I think it, you've got the work aspects of it. But for me, it probably trans, transcends into, into life. I think I've always been that type of individual that's been in a troop maybe or in a circle or in a collective maybe that bolder more outspoken individual and the person that possibly brings people together and motivates them to do stuff so some of that is what we're talking, is sort of in my dna that that's the type of individual that, that that i am and i've also defaulted to the old way of doing it so that military style thing let's just get shit done we're doing it no matter what let's get it done and now you're coming with me guys and this is the way we're doing it and it and, and that's the way we you know that's the plan now i'm not like that anymore now i'm not like that anymore because i'd hit a point where i couldn't do it anymore i didn't know why i'd run out of the energy i was just i was physically and mentally drained from doing that in that particular way and something needed something needed to change and part of the process of me changing was to completely step back from that so be out of that limelight and going into the shadows as in literally like everybody else you're now the front people you go and do it i don't i'll just sit here you tell me what you need to do and i'll i'll i'll, I'll follow you and i did that for quite a, an extended period of time but then my dna kicks back in i'm like well i'm here now i can be doing more you know i don't want to be here anymore i'm ready to take I'm ready to step back out of that shadow and get and get involved in that mix again because I believe I'm pretty good at it and I enjoy doing it and I also get like-minded people around me to help it do it to do it. However, doing it like significantly different, which is basically probably more from a listening perspective. You know, I know we need to drive this forward and I know we need to achieve something and I'll help you do that. But let's have a wider conversation on this. You know. How do you get, you know, other people inputting into it to, to do that? But then when you look at my private life, you know, again, and again, I think it's a male thing, you fix stuff. Something's happening, don't worry, I'll sort it. You need that, I'll sort that, and you'll sort this. Um, and my attitude always used to be, it don't matter about me, as long as everybody else is okay, that's all right. But then you reach a point where you go, well, I've got to worry about me, because if I'm not all right, I can't help everybody else. So you, you, the positioning of it all changes and the method changes with it. And that's where the vulnerability comes in because after being through all that, you sort of got an empathy to it, you know? But I had to go through that world, that, that dark nonsense to work out what that change was, you know? Yeah, and I think listening to you, I think there are two, two chapters, right? One is your first you know, swagger that you had, which sounds a bit more in a corporate world. And in any leadership, you open up uh, feedback loops, right? And if you're, if you're in a leadership role leading and the people that you're leading giving you feedback, if the feedback is not nourishing to you because you don't care in the environment about the stuff you're working for, well, then of course you're going to burn because you're just, you're just giving 
leadership innately because that's what your gift is and your purpose and your swagger, but you're not giving anything in return that's worth anything. So you burn. And then what I'm listening to you and you said, okay, and then you stepped, you went to the, into the shadows to be a bit quiet. And then you, re, you came out again in an environment that is uh, more nourishing because you do it, what it sounds like to you within your community and in a smaller environment. So the feedback loops you're getting are uh, more nourishing. But even then, if you innately have this swagger, it's, you know, going back to the big, dig energy. Sometimes the waters get cold and there's shrinkage. And being that vulnerable is like, oh, guys, it's a bit cold right now. So I need a hug. <laughs> and I think that's true leadership where you kind of go, it's, you know, without saying it's okay, it should not be okay. But it's one of those things. I think, I think your community changes as well. The people that you have around you, and we have said this numerous times before, you do get more selective, but your community changes. And for me, with you know, the vibration, that positive vibe that you bring and you add to that community, it's important. And even, oh my, it's happened to me this week. It's important to have other people in that community that also bring that vibe as well, that you can vibe off. I mean, I had a call with a guy, one of my really good friends this morning, and he gets on the phone. And after talking to him, I'm just like, holy shit, man. It's like an injection of awesomeness. And I'm like, whereas in the past, that was always me. And now I need, I learned to know, I need that from other people. Man. I need that from other people. And it's, it's also this, um, it's okay to make a mistake as long as you're strong enough to correct it. So like in a micro, micro way, it happened to me before this phone call. I went to the local corner shop to get a sandwich, as I always do. And I always get the same sandwich and with a Coke. And there's always the same lady. And our transaction has become quite robotic because I'm like, my head is full of a thousand things because I literally pop out to get it and pop back. She's clearly got other things going on. And <laughs> once I paid for the sandwich, uh, she then said to me, enjoy your sandwich. And then in a very robotic manner, I kind of said, you too. Because I kind of thought in my head, <laughs> it's Friday. Yeah. It's, it's, I thought she said, it's like the weekend, enjoy yes. your weekend. Yeah. But she said, no, enjoy your sandwich. So I said, you too. And then she said, yes, thank you. And, <laughs> and then I walked out and went, wait a minute. That was a human transaction, which totally yeah. failed. But not because there was any bad intent. It was just, I was being rubbish and not present. So I turned around and I walked back in again and says, and I pointed my finger at her and said, we're never going to have a conversation like that again. And she says, I agree. Wow. That's <laughs> awesome. And then I said, have a good weekend. She says, yeah, you too. <laughs> that's brilliant. That's just ace. Uh, that's, that, that, yeah, that's just ace. You know, and I, me, 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 Dave and Andy all kind of work for ourselves now. And I think we are in a, an environment where we do have those choices. And we certainly don't need a, you know, toxic, toxic masculinity rearing it because we, there's no, no one's grappling for, you know, if anyone, you know, the, 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 as well as big dickhead energy, there's also, also big dickhead energy. And, and like, if anyone's a big dickhead, we don't work with them, you know, and that, that's, that's be, and it's easier to do granted when you're effectively a freelancer or self-employed and that kind of, kind of thing. But, you know, again, thinking about corporate environments and, 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 and stuff like that. You, there is this conformity, isn't it? That, that's the thing. You, you know, as we talked about, you, someone might have the swagger, 
and that might make them a natural leader, but then they come into those leadership roles and then they feel that they have to conform to a more masculine, directive kind of approach, not show the vulnerability, have all the answers. I mean, fuck me, that's, that's one of the things, isn't it? We always are expected to have all the answers, whether that's downwards, upwards to you or upwards to the board or wherever, you know. And I suppose blokes as we are, we probably put up a shield and, and the shield is a degree of masculinity, you, you know. In, in those, you know, it's kind of like thinking about the personal life. I'll shut up in a minute because Andy's not spoke for a bit. But the personal life kind of thing of it, like, and that when we talk there about not showing vulner- vulnerability in, in the personal, I'm the worst for that. You know, I'm like, you know, get some some furniture from Ikea or what have you, not that we have for, for a while, but, you know, I'll be there with the sheet scratching my head like the bloke in the picture. And I won't, I'll refuse to say that I need any help to the point I'm red in the face and sort of swearing under my breath, you know, because I am a fixer, you know, and that's exactly the point that Dave made, you know, the, the fixer. It's a societal role, isn't it? It's what in our DNA, rightly or wrongly, we're just ex- not not even expected because that's the ironic thing. When I get myself into those states, my wife says, but I don't expect you to do all of it. I don't expect you to be able to do that. No, I don't, you know, but it's a weird, like, innate kind of, I've got this and this is my, you know, I've got my club here. I'm going to go and, you know, beat up a bison for tea. And, and and I'll <laughs> fix this IKEA bloody Billy bookshelf when I get back, you know. But, it, but it's 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 daft when you say it out loud. But it's the reality, isn't it? Well, yeah. Not the bison bit. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Andy. I can. Well, I've, I, can... I have I've seen some cows up north. They're I've, pretty rough. I've heard <laughs> bison in Disbury, mate. I'm pretty sure that's why you moved to Disbury, weren't it? Because of the bison. <laughs> Just on the banks of the Mersey, yeah, some lovely Mersey bison, bison over there. <laughs> tasty as well. Yeah, tasty. Sorry, we've upset any vegans listening. Oh, okay. bison. And Andy, you're, you're, you're vegan bison as well. Andy? Andy, you're sucking on your big pen there. <laughs> Careful. For our listener, it's, uh, that was important to share that. This is... Um, <laughs> This is an education to me because I kind of I, I kind of believe in don't speak until you've got something worth saying, and that I'm I'm literally just listening and learning at this point because I'm trying to decode this, and I've got I'm I'm just writing stuff down because I'm 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 very interested, I'm I'm, I'm curious and fascinated about this this whole thing, and I'm beginning to like put a picture together of what a person with BDE would be like, and you started off with Anthony Bourdain. And I've been watching his stuff on Netflix, and I can't believe I got through to 50 years old before even realizing this guy even existed. But you are absolutely right. You know, just by saying Big Dick Energy, just watching him is like, he just have, he has his own gravity. You know what I mean? When he said something, you listened. And he didn't just come up with words. He just, whatever he said had meaning, it had purpose. So I like that. That's that's like, you know, that's like the starting point of, you know, where, kind of feeding into some things some things occurred to me and it's um i think about the semantics of words quite a lot so this is why i was asking a question like is it just about leadership or is it about other situations you'd have big energy swagger that stands out but it almost it, it kind of feels like 
that confidence is I don't need to be seen. You know, somebody with big dick energy doesn't need to be seen, but they are they are visible, but they don't necessarily go, hey, everybody look at me. I'm on social media. Check out, you know, I've just I've, I've just cooked a, a nice burger or whatever, bison, yeah. You know, they don't they don't need attention, but they'll get credit, you know, they'll get kudos for just being themselves. And I think there's something which comes with that kind of quiet confidence. Something else I wrote was in a leadership situation was these are the hands-off leaders. You know, we talk about leadership and management. Your managers are do this, do that, do it my way, it's the highway. I've got more experience than you. This is what we're looking for. It's very hands-on, it's controlling, it's a control freak thing. It is masculinity to a degree. But then you've got your hands-off leaders, the ones who are going, you know what, you guys are awesome. Let me just help you do what you do best. There's an element of flow in that as well. When when a leader is a natural leader, they just let people do what they're great at. Um, They don't step in, they'll just support people to be what they're meant to be. And with it, that comes with flow as well. I was was writing about flow. This is what I'm hearing. I don't know if if I'm translating this right, because literally this is brand new to me. Flow to me is that you're in the right place at the right time doing the right thing. It's just right. When you're not in the right place at the right time doing the right thing, it's quite awkward and uncomfortable. You feel a bit, it's not right, this. Something just doesn't feel right. But Andy, there's a fourth element. Right time, right place. What was the other one? Doing the right thing. Right, the right thing. And this is where the fourth one comes in, and that's the big V, is being innately you. Yes. So I like that. And what I also mean by flow as well is it's almost like the Taoist version of flow. You know, it's you know almost Buddhist, if you like, is that there is a flow in the universe. We're not trying to disrupt it. We're not trying to jump in and change it. We're not trying to put a dam where it shouldn't be. We're not trying to stop people from doing what they want to do. We're just going with it. But we're not being passive and going with it. We're exuding that confidence that we're doing the right thing. We're in the right place at the right time with the right people. This is why I was trying to understand the context of well, what Big Dick Energy feels like. And I was listening to what you were saying before, Phil, about your previous job. And, and Dave, you were talking about that kind of first versus second chapter, going through that rite of passage, if you like. Sometimes it just doesn't feel right. You know, I'm trying too hard to be something I'm not. You know, trying to adopt a label, you know, a manager, a leader, a dad or a coach or whatever. You, you try and become something that you're not, rather than just being who you're meant to be. And I think that's what you're saying. That's yeah. what I'm hearing, but yeah. you're just becoming yourself. Yep. It's that purpose, that icky guy, if you like. And that's when you just, you only talk when it's necessary. And that's why I'm going to show up, what I'm hearing. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's also what we, what we as men always think, that there needs to be some kind of end goal. But Anthony Bourdain had it. But he finished off his life maybe not the way he dreamt of. Just because you have it doesn't mean you've nailed life. And we always kind of, once you've reached that goal, you then, it's, it's evanescent. And I think that's where vulnerability comes in. To Dave's point, community changes, things change. And I think we as a civilization, as a society, you know, 2018, this word, word was coined. Now we're sort of heading towards a gender-fluid society. I mean, this, we're moving at a speed that the new form of this energy is also about accepting if you have swagger, accept that you are also fallible, vulnerable. And I think within there is a really, you know, gooey, magic, golden nugget that we need to celebrate, 
And what I said, like to reach flow, you need to understand who you are innately. And then within that, swagger comes. Mm. I, that, that's so spot on, Bo. Like, I think back on the times where I've got into a flow state, whether it's in a role, whether it's a project, whether it's music, you know what I mean? It's those times when you are being authentically you in every possible way. It just, the, the swagger does come about, you know, getting on stage with a guitar or what have you, you know, but being confident and knowing that this is the ultimate ex expression of yourself. And likewise, when you're working on a great project with great people and you're doing, you've got this, you're contributing to that in the way that you know adds value or whatever wanky term you want to, you know, throw at it. But, you know, that's when you get that flow and the swagger and, 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 and that's, you, it all feels right. And, you know, we spend so much of our time in life or we've all, I assume we've all done this. We spend time doing things that we, that aren't right and don't we might swagger our way through a little bit but not we're not being true to what who we are and what we're really good at but even in this conversation we're still being maybe not toxic but it's very masculine right we've moved away from the big but we still we the word leadership has come up i don't know 20 times it's still a very macro alpha position right and i think what you said earlier you got cut off a little bit but like you have your swagger when you're on stage with a guitar i've got my swagger when i do pancakes for the kids i do a mean cup of tea and swagger is not like there's one role i think that there are people who generally innately deliver swagger and leadership but i think everybody should break it down into like what are my 20 versions of swagger? Because I think some people just have it in the, when they walk into the room. And if you don't have it, don't worry about it, but just make sure you know where you deliver swagger and therefore flow and therefore community wealth and, and all that. It, it becomes this feedback loop I was speaking to you about. If you're good at making pancake, then bloody well do the pancakes because you're gonna get good feedback and you're gonna go, you can start the day off with like, I'm magic. Dave, you were, you put your hand up. I did, I did, because this is, like Andy said, it, it's, <laughs> it's processing it. For me, it's, it's the balance of knowing when to be taking on a prominent role or a non-prominent role. That balance of being, okay, I'm going to pick this up now and I will be more, I, I, you need somebody to be a bit more prominent in this. And then also being comfortable enough to sit there and listen and let everybody do their thing. And in order to do that, you've got to be slightly vulnerable because you've got to be comfortable in who you are, who you are uh, and, and open, you know. And it's, it's, that's the balance, isn't it? There'll be times when you do step up to the plate because like, this is me, I'm in here. This is, I've switched my swagger on. But I think swagger also is not, not swagger is not just necessarily being that prominence. You can have swagger by saying nothing. And some of the most, interesting people i have ever met are the quiet guys you know my dad, my dad always used to say if you're in a boozer and it kicks off if, if you're in a if you're in a boozer and it kicks off watch the guy that stood in the corner saying nothing he's the guy that you need to be worried about you know and it, it's, it's 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 the same principles isn't it it's it's it's, it, it's yeah still waters run deep it's the balance, guys. It's is, the that balance. Why is that why Boris Johnson isn't very quiet? 
Well, yeah, because yeah. he's just yeah, a bell end. Basically. That's, you know, yeah. from the... Yeah. yeah. And there's, there's nothing you can say about that. He's, uh, anyway, true big dickhead energy. Yeah. I've, I've still got an answer to that question I asked before about, and you touched on it as well, Paul, about, you know, we're using these, these masculine terms like leadership, for example. I'm thinking of non-leadership roles, like non, you know, organizational roles. I'm talking about communities, you know, you know, just in life, because we haven't always had organizations. It's only been like a, the blink of blink of an eye during humanity's creation that with our organizations, we've just organized ourselves as as human beings anyway, just as creatures. Hundred percent. You know, if if you had thirty people and you send them off to an island and leave them alone for fifty years, they will all innately structure them around each other's swagger. There will be an innate presence leader. There will be somebody who's very good at hunting. There's going to be somebody very good at whittling wood and building a house. It will just innately happen. But that is to Dave's point. You need to listen and feel the energy. But because in this system that we're living in, it was just drowned out. We've, we can't listen anymore because we're in social media. We're consuming. Am I fixing enough? Am I doing the IKEA furniture enough is all this input, these input, these feedback loops don't actually feed us, feed us and therefore we can't listen. And it's this sort of, so a lot of respect to you guys to kind of go, you know what, this is not working for me anymore. So I'm going to take, because from what I'm listening, all three of you had like a middle finger to the system and said, no, not, not for me anymore. It doesn't work. I'm going to figure myself out differently. And I think that's magic. Yeah, I've got, I mean, I've got a new take on this over the last 40 minutes since I've been speaking about it, because it literally is a masterclass to me. I'm, I'm really learning a lot here. Energy and flow is jumping out to me. now. This, this feels like, and, and that's the word, it feels. This isn't a thinking thing. This is a feeling thing to me. It's, it's, to me, it's, it's intrinsic in you. And the older I get, the more spiritual I get. I'm, I'm beginning to listen to myself a little bit more. So something you touched on there and, you know, Phil's gone through it, Dave's gone through it. No doubt we've all been through it at some point. This doesn't feel right. I'm, I'm not in the right place doing the right thing. I need to change. And I think it takes a lot of courage to just quietly just slip away and go, it's not for me. This. It takes big dick energy to do it. So all three of you have it in your own way. Otherwise, you wouldn't have done it. You know, for Anthony, and please don't commit suicide, but for Anthony Bourdain to actually make that step, within it is bravery right and very vulnerable bravery i mean it's a nasty result right but it's he had it and i think and if you find even an ounce of this sort of yin and yang of vulnerable and bravery and strength and vulnerability together then i would ask anybody to then step into that role within your community because the i'm gonna i'm gonna do a bit of a bit of a jump now uh, we uh, in the company that I lead, we do a lot of uh, films around impact, and we all know the climate is in trouble, so uh, we need to fix it. Then BDE came in, and somebody says, "Ah, it's carbon. We need to, you know." So somebody actually came in with like scientific swagger, calculated it all up, and then gave it back to the system. And now Wall Street is sort of greenwashing this concept that we all have to plant trees, we all need to be carbon neutral, and it's all carbon, 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 carbon. So BD, good energy, was repackaged, is now being coughed up, and everybody's sort of kind of understanding carbon now, but it is a hot, climate change is a hot mess. If we fix carbon today, 
it's, it won't change it change much. It will change something, but it won't fix the whole system. And I think when I look at these macro systems trying their best to do stuff, I always kind of go, no, 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 no. We go back to the grassroots. We, we as men who built this stuff have to look at ourselves and fix from here within our community. We all, in a way, need to step into mothering our communities, not fathering them, mothering them from a male point of view. And I think if we, and if you have that capability innately, and it gives you flow, then that's how you're going to create impact very quickly. Maybe I've jumped too much now. No, no, it's you know, but, but it, the, the exactly what you talked about there, Bo, the, of the corporate greenwashing, which you just see everywhere now, don't you? You know, it's it's horrendous. I, I, there's a bottle of shower gel in in the shower there that says something about something about the the amount of natural hours that it's taken to grow the coconut that's used as a scent in the thing which in comparison to every every all the other shite in it is nothing but it's kind of like it's a stamp it's a way of signaling and that's not directly you obviously see far far worse direct attribution of of green or examples of greenwash but you know when again it comes down to the system, when we're all part of this system that allows that, that no one takes that sort of step back from the patriarch, patriarchal way of living. If we step back and say, actually, collectively, we need to do something about this rather than just and you can't and you can't go backwards. Like you can't go back and rewrite history and saying the soldiers that went to war in Second World War are the brave ones, because the women and children who stayed behind were just as brave and just as but you can't go back and rewrite history because it's sort of coined as we were raised. But if you have this swagger right now, you can start rewriting the history that the grandchildren will be reflecting back upon. And it will not happen with Google or with the big machines. It will happen within, I remember I had a great football coach or something, you know, um, or somebody taught me how to go fishing or my neighbor taught me how to barbecue. I've got a point, and this is a controversial point. And I think, I think it's relevant to what you're saying, Bo. I think there's, there's a, an element of people who try to be seen to be the one with big dick energy and completely get it wrong because you Correct. can't be seen to be doing it and doing it. I've worked in environments which are generally female-led. You know, so there's, there's a big thing about you know, equality and balance and you need female leaders in, in senior positions. I get it, completely get it. But I've kind of witnessed many female leaders acting masculine to be accepted and completely getting leadership wrong. Theresa May, for example, right? Just to keep it, you know, Mar Margaret Thatcher, they, they, there was almost no option. You know, even if there was an option, the question is, could they deliver on vulnerability? Who knows, right? But it's just these, these you know, and although it's four guys you're talking, there are women out there with this energy, is the question is, if they had the additional you know, strength of vulnerability that not all women have either, right? But even if they go into an organization or into these roles, can they live that purpose? Can they live that flow? Or is that cut off because alchemy doesn't really deliver the bottom line that is, or it's just, we, we're too fearful around uh, emotions, right? Because it's not a machine, it's not functional. But as, as creatures, 
as, as sort of social creatures, we all live in energy and emotion constantly. But the castles that we build that within we live in don't. So we have to we have to start fixing our blueprints to how do we build our homes and cities and communities. And if they're not laced with the things that give us positive feedback loops, then well, what's the point? It's very dark. <laughs> but it's dark, and with that darkness comes light as well. Because when we realise that things need to be fixed and we have an opportunity to to do things i i use the word fix again i I slipped into you know that masculinity when things aren't working there's an opportunity to help them work well but but fixing Um, is a right it's just not with a hammer it might be called mentoring it might be called coaching it might be called hugging it might be it's just don't don't visualize the hammer (laughs) so so what, what i'm thinking with this is the word authenticity springs to mind you just be who you're meant to be you know who you're born to be you know you use your natural skills and abilities your gifts you're just who you're meant to be rather than trying to be the label that you've been given i use organizations but i really don't like that as an example i think it's just you know you're a dad you're a brother you're a son or you you're a coach you're whatever you are it's just a label and you become more of that because you've been given a label what occurs to me now is that rather than trying to fix things outside in the system, we've got to fix ourselves first before we can even attempt to look outwards. We've got to look inwards and go, who am I in the first place? You know, that sounds like, when I, like something out of home. Who am I? You know, I'm lost and I need to pray and find myself again. But I get it. I completely get it because I think we've all gone through a rite of passage, rightly or wrongly. And we've talked about suicide openly on this, on this podcast lots of times. And I can completely get Anthony Bourdain. I spoke openly about being suicidal at one point. It's like, I'm in the wrong place, the wrong time. I don't feel like I belong in this life. And it takes a lot of time to work through those, you know, those demons, if you like, or that darkness to find a light inside. And it takes a, takes a long time, a lot of soul searching. I think where I'm at now in my career, if you like, is that I don't even, I don't feel like I've got a job anymore. I just do what feels right at the right time. If it pays, it pays. If it doesn't, I don't really That's care. perfect. I've still got a roof over my yeah. head. If I can have a positive impact on people. Totally. Job yeah. done. I'll die happy. And a phrase that sprung to mind was like, tread lightly. You know, we're talking about environmentally, just tread lightly. Let's not cause any damage anywhere. Let's just enhance. Let's leave the place physically or emotionally better than we found it. So there, there, something comes up when I was living with the shaman, which I really, really enjoyed. There are two things, but I don't know how much time we've got. But the one thing I've used quite often since then and he said, um, we all have a dominant hand, like we're right-handed or left. Not many people are ambi- uh, ambidextrous. Yeah. Yes. Um, and also, like when we do sports, we know we're like, either I'm right-footed or I'm left-footed. You know, we all kind of know which one's my stronger side. And he said, if you really want to feel the environment, if you really want to be present, walk with your weak foot first. And I always find that's very clever because when you walk with weakness first, you enter the room with weakness, you are much more, you're, to Dave's point, you are listening from the heart and from the, you know, your senses are much more open because you're walking in with vulnerability. Yeah, I love that. That's really okay. nice. So we're not sleepwalking anymore. We're, we're being <laughs> present. <laughs> so not best foot forward, basically. Worst, yes, exactly. worst foot forward. Worst foot forward. Or least good foot. I would need to work on that. But I love that idea. 
it opens opens your senses and yeah, it's perfect it's absolutely oh you promised us last time we're going to talk about the shaman much more. <laughs> maybe it's maybe and it's for another wish... time Oh, I know what you've done. You've just sown the seed. Yeah. Let's, let's get him back on. We still haven't talked about the shaman yet. I don't think you even did this. Oh, it's, no. it's, like, it's like I work in the entertainment industry. <laughs> this man knows he's got Next angers. That's how you are. Yeah. Well, it's better, it's better than knowing my hangers, right? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we, like we need to go back to, to, to Dave on this one because, Dave, you know, I, out of everybody I know, I think you have BDE naturally. Well, before I even knew it, I just think you, I just, you've always. <laughs> I want to come right back to, uh, to Dave Eccles on this one because I love the way you summarize things. You know, you'll sit back and you'll, you'll, you'll absorb it all, you reflect, and then you'll come out with these nuggets. So, no pressure. What nuggets have you no, got for no us? Pressure's on you, Dave. What do you say? I've been doing a lot of things. I mean, I th- obviously, the conversation we we do, we have on the here provokes a lot of thought, but this one's been pretty pretty epic today. And I've been thinking around, like we started off talking about the terminology around the BDE, and I, and now I'm thinking about it, terming it as 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 swagger to a certain extent, and realizing that we all, everybody, has an element of swagger. It's in our DNA. But all different levels, you know, different levels, Correct. which is cool, which I think is fantastic. It goes back to what Bo was saying. If you're on an island in that community, everybody would ultimately work out what their role was and what they were best at. And, but what a way, to, what a way to live, rather than going right. You do this and you do that, and, and not necessarily what wanted to do it. So, yeah, we all have different elements of swagger. I, I like that, but also knowing that it will evolve. I think we've got to think more about us as individuals of, you know, we talk about evolution is evolution, but just going, do you know what? I'm, I'm open to, to, to evolving. And in order to evolve, though, you've got to go through stuff, haven't you? And sometimes it's the good stuff. But the biggest amount I've ever learned is when I've been through a load of shit. And it's that evolution. It's that it, it's, it, we need to just go, do you know what? Today I might be on form. And tomorrow I might not. I might be doing this one day and I might be not, you know, doing that the other day. Nothing has to be perfect so, uh, all the time. So swagger's in all our DNA and it will evolve. It will absolutely evolve. And it's all right for it to evolve. Yeah, 100%. I like it. In flow. We've got the opportunity to have the longest podcast ever on top of the <laughs> But what I, you know, if, if, if there are like, what I worry about, right, if you are like 26 listening to this and you're like, God, here's some dudes who've been, you know, around the block once or twice and they're trying to figure life out. Do I really want to spend another 20 years trying to figure out my life? And, you know, can't, how do I fast forward this? And to the point earlier, you know, not, not strong foot first, like your vulnerable foot first. And look at things that are already around you. You know, if you are part of a football team and your role within the football team or the rugby team is a quarterback or defense, but you know that off the pitch, you're much more than just that role. And you're that person's mate and you're that person's confidant. And then you, you go with this person and you have a, you know, a driving club with that one. So just look, we all have so many different aspects to us that the school might not show you or your job description when you're looking for a job might not look. But And I think the more you go with your vulnerable foot first and look with what you have already in front of you, you will find it. 
It's just that it took us four lads a bit longer because it wasn't quite there yet when we were of that age. And now you can speed this journey up much faster. All right. So with that in mind, a question to you, Bo, before we kick you off the show. It rhymed. <laughs> I didn't plan it, obviously. He's very chuffed about it, though. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm over the moon. That, that might be the first time I've done that. I'm not too sure. Wow. I'm in flow now. Um, that rhymes with bow, too. Flow, bow. Well, this is meant to happen. This is destiny. With that in mind, Bo, being in flow, if you were speaking to a 26-year-old Bo, what advice would you give him about finding his purpose? That's a big one, that. That's a big one, boys. Yeah, I, don't, I think my internet might just about to finish. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, this is going to sound not very epic, but it's just... It's okay to <laughs> it's okay to feel yourself. That sounds really bad. Um, it's 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 um, it's what, what we're saying is like feel. Don't act. Don't fix. Don't earn a salary. Just feel right. And I think that's where we we all kind of we all we all kind of need to function as men. Well, back in the days when I just need to, I was part of this conveyor belt and I needed to kind of get a job, get a wife, get, and then sort of, and then everything will be fine. And I think, and these new generations coming up now, there, there is, you know, they might go, oh my God, the planet is broken. You know, there's no point going to university. There are no jobs. We're all fucked. Um, and I'm like, wait a minute. You actually have, the, you're the first, not the first, but one of the generations who can actually, by the age of 18, have figured this out. Yeah, that's um, incredible. So I'm, I'm quite jealous. Yeah, I totally yeah. agree. The whole thing of feeling your way through life rather than... Marching, um, marching. Inherit, yeah, marching and doing what's expected and doing what you inherit as, as, as the way of the purpose or, you know, what you feel. That, that, I mean, that's for me now, that's... That's how I feel great. We've got it. Get your big feeler out. It's big feeler (laughs) energy. (laughs) Oh, dear. You get banged up for that, honestly. (laughs) I think Andy's eyes are rolling back so badly that might get stuck. (laughs) I think you've blown his mind. (laughs) I need to lie down. I've worked out why you wanted to come on the show, Bo. You just wanted us to be part of your non-exec creative team and not pay us. You've yeah. just got some like new new material there for for some shows that you want to produce. I think I don't God. feel you're wise and sharp. Sussed you out, sussed you. Um, so we, before we before we conclude to our listener this podcast, Phil, what's your quick summary there? Well, just just as we got to there, f- f- you know, feel your way through life in, a, in the in the in the you know, just reflect back. I, if I talk to my twenty six year old self, part of me knew what he wanted to do, but he got sucked into a degree of conformity along the way. You, you know what I mean? I, I really do. Like we've talked about it before, but if I'd have just stuck with it and just done music. I probably might have had a good stab at it. You know what I mean? But 26, 27, oh shit, I need a job. Oh, should we get married? Wouldn't we get married at all? But you, you, you just, 
you do these things and you end up in roles that just don't some feel good some don't feel good and there is a degree of that conformity of the expectation of what society wants from you the system again when you know you know even as a kid you you or you've got a hunch of the kind of things you represent the guts you got to follow that. Feel got to follow the gut. Yeah, totally. I yeah. love Because, yeah, the failure to do so will lead to you being in situations where you have to behave in a way that isn't you, basically. I don't think there's any other way of, you know, because you have to put on a mask. You have to conform. You know, you, you know I, I will be thinking about this all week, I'm, I'm sure. You know, yeah, it really, it does make me kind of, wind back through my history books and go, ah, hang on a minute, I know what went slightly awry there or what I might have done in that situation if I'd have been listening to the guts. So are we start, what we're saying is we're about to start a revolution. That's what we're saying. Viva la revolution for the four of us. Yeah? Maybe, maybe, that, <laughs> maybe that's what it is, guys. I'm up for it. I'm up for it if that's you want to totally. do it, boys. Yeah, count me in. I'll, 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 get, I'll get in the mix with that. <laughs> Brilliant. Love it. Before, before we end the show, I just want to say, Bo, thank you for, for blowing my mind, uh, for being completely open and honest and vulnerable and being in your flow as well. This, this feels like it's your purpose in life to share these messages of yeah. wisdom to us Aww. all. Thank you. Hopefully we'll speak with you yeah. again soon. Yeah. Thank you very much. Oh, I'm not very good with You can cry if you want thank to. You. <laughs> uh, it's fine. <laughs> anyway, so just without... This just being, you know, put your money where your mouth is, whatever. <laughs> I would say put your feeler where your mouth is, but just, just go out with your vulnerable foot and feel and shine the light so that other people can see this is a new form of whatever we're here to do. And I think that's our responsibility. In the micro. Yes. And celebrate it. Not just do it covertly. Just kind of go, no, this is how you do it. Yeah, class man. Appreciate that. Thank you. Talk us out, Dave. Yeah, boys, it's been class. I say it every time, but this has been super class. And it, and to the listener or the listeners, I always say if you like what you hear, but you should do today because it's been awesome. Uh, give us a follow, give us a like, give us a share. And uh, if you want to get in touch and get involved, drop us an email at hello at talkingcod.com. Awesome, boys. Have a good one. Nice one. Cheers. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed us talking COD, please give us a rating, leave us a review in your podcast app and subscribe now. Quick shout out to the guys at DapDip Productions, the folks pushing the buttons behind the scenes. Check them out at dapdip.co.uk. And thanks to Rubber Bear for our theme tune, Elements. Find the band on Spotify and SoundCloud. We'll see you next time for more Talking Code.